Hello and welcome to another episode of the Totally Biased Browns podcast. On today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about our new head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Freddie Kitchens. We'll discuss a little bit about possible offensive and defensive coordinators, and we'll look at the overall head coaching search for all the teams looking for new head coaches this cycle. So sit back and enjoy. Let's get into it. The Cleveland Browns have their next head coach, and it is the one and only Freddie Kitchens. Yep, it was yesterday the Browns, around noon, decided that they would make the announcement that they are planning to hire Freddie Kitchens, the former interim offensive coordinator, as their new permanent head coach uh, heading into the 2019 season. Now, nothing official has been put out. Um... I know a lot of people are freaking out because there were supposed talks about a press conference today for the introduction. Uh, that's been pushed back. They haven't really given any reason as to why. My thought is they're still trying to work out contract stuff, maybe even get the uh, the staff put together a little bit better before they do the introductory press conference. So please don't worry. Don't freak out. I've seen a lot of people already today that are already assuming that something's happened, that either he's backed out, he's taken another job somewhere else, or the Browns have had second thoughts on whether or not they're actually going to hire him. Stop. Silly season is over. There's no need for this old Browns era new to to come out to where you know there's dysfunction or anything like that it's not happening and just to prove that reports have also come out after the announcement of him going to be hired were made that he's going to report directly to John Dorsey none of this Dorsey reply uh reports to Haslam the coach reports to Haslam no he's going to report to Dorsey Dorsey reports to Haslam so we have the right setup as far as the hierarchy within the team. And we've also shown that Jimmy Haslam has learned to step away and let the football people run the show. So this this going back to the old Browns where dysfunction's always around every corner, no. Let's stop it. This is over. It's a new Browns era. We've got our new coach. We've got a GM that's in place that knows how to, to do his job, get good players. We've got a franchise quarterback. We got a young star running back. We've got a defensive end that's the cornerstone of the defense. You've got young linebackers and Kirksey Schobert and even Avery. You've got defensive backs and Ward, Randall, Peppers. This team is loaded. We're ready to go. We're about to head off 2019, the season of big stuff. Dreams are coming true, Cleveland. This is it. We're about to make a run. We're going to start our dominance in the AFC North. Playoffs every season, Super Bowl runs every season. Heck, let you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Baker Mayfield, by the time he's retired, we have more Super Bowls than the Steelers. I know the Steelers hold the record right now with six Super Bowls. Baker Mayfield, eight Super Bowls minimum. That's how excited I am. A little bit outrageous, I know. But hell, if Tom Brady can get five Super Bowls, why not Baker Mayfield? We are ready to go, ready to do this. Now, with Freddie being hired, uh, we already have a load of changes on the staff. 
Um, pretty much everybody but the, I want to say, I can't even remember the names, but uh, I believe the wide receivers coach has been kept. I believe the defensive backs coach has been kept. And I heard that even the defensive line coach might have been kept as well. But other than that, it looks like pretty much everybody else is out of Cleveland. Um, the big two that caught my eye the most is one, thank heavens, uh, Amos Jones, the special team coordinator, out of here. Thank the Lord that he's not going to be nec back next year. Um, hopefully we can get the whole kicking situation figured out. And with a new coordinator on special teams, we'll see our special teams unit go back to what it used to be to where it actually helped the team win instead of cost us stuff or not really participate in wins. Um, and the bigger one is that Greg Williams has been let go by the team. He will not return in 2019 as the defensive coordinator. Um, I just have to say... Much respect and much love to Greg Williams. Uh, I don't think he's going to get any sort of Hugh Jackson treatment the next time that he's in Cleveland, which I honestly hope happens soon. I hope that Greg's able to find a new job as soon as 2019. I hope that he's able to come back into Cleveland at some point and the fans can give him the appreciation that I know we all have for him helping start the turnaround and having us point in the right direction moving forward. So again, Greg Williams, I appreciate it. Much love. Wish you the best of luck in the future. Now, of course, this is going to lead to the questions of what do we do from here as far as a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator? Um, and we've already seen a little bit of news on that this morning. Uh, the two big names that I've seen is for defensive coordinator, it looks like Freddie Kitchens has an interest in Chuck Pagano. Um, I've also seen reports that the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers also have expressed interest in bringing him in. Um, obviously, Chuck was the head coach for the uh, Indianapolis Colts a few years back. So a lot of people are excited about that because they feel like with Kitchens being as new and green as he is, with head coaching experience at least, that it would be good to have that nice uh, experience, even head coaching experience, on the defensive side of the, the ball. And Chuck Pagano checks all those boxes. Um, the biggest concern that it seems like most people have with Pagano at this point is the fact that he is known for running a 3-4 defense. Obviously, the Browns have drafted and ran and um, acquired players for a 4-3 defense. And it seems like it's every few years with the past coaching changes that we've went back and forth from going from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So that, you know, you have all the players that we've acquired at that point that not all of them fit the scheme. So then you got to get rid of them. you got to bring new players in. And it's just this endless carousel. Um, I'm actually going to say... I'm not as concerned about it as it seems like most people are. Um, I heard on Cleveland Browns Daily that 45% of the time the team actually came out in like a, what, I can't even remember. It was like a 3-3-5 or a 3-2-6 or some, some crazy uh, scheme that was more defensive backs heavy than anything else. So the league itself 
in this day and age with the pass-happy offenses is more about sub-packages than what your quote-unquote base defense is. So if you bring in a guy like Chuck Pagano, who obviously has head coaching experience, he's been a defensive coordinator for a while, he's going to understand what the league is about and how to do the defenses to stop the offenses. Okay, So yeah, the base might be 3-4, but that's no reason for you to turn around and trade Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's still going to be on the field. They're going to put the defensive out in the position to be able to stop the offense. So a base defense doesn't matter. It's what defense do we need on this particular play based on the personnel from the 11 guys across the ball for us to be able to stop them. Simple as that. So whether it's a 3-4, a 4-3, a 3-3-5, a 0-5-6, I don't give a crap. Get me a defensive coordinator like a Chuck Vogano or a Vance Joseph that comes in has a great defensive scheme, a good base of experience as far as head coaching experience to be able to help Freddie Kitchens out with some of the things that he's going to have to deal with as a first-time head coach. And let's keep this ball rolling. Now, on the other side of the ball, you have reports coming out that Todd Munkin is going to interview with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Todd Munkin obviously has been the offensive coordinator down in Tampa Bay the last few seasons, and he actually interviewed for the head coaching position with the New York Jets uh, before they decided to go with Adam Gase. Now, I'm completely biased on this one. I'm not going to try to hide that bias to you. Uh, I hope Todd Munkin is the next offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. I had the pleasure of watching Todd Munkin coach my college team that I pull for a small school called the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, giving us the likes of a Jamie Collins, Brett Favre, uh, a young guy uh, out in San Francisco making some waves in Nick Mullins. Uh, they've put out a few good uh, college players, uh, including even Ido Smith that's out in um, Atlanta, uh, Jalen Richard that's out in Oakland or Las Vegas or whatever the heck they're calling themselves now. But... I regress from that. Uh, Todd Munkin came in to Southern Miss, uh, a, a program that, again, it was a small school, but it had been known for having, God, I can't even remember how many winning seasons we had in a row, um, but it had been since the early 90s. We'd had winning seasons every year. Um, we'd went to bowl games in like 20 out of the last 21 seasons. Um, every now and then we'd upset you know, a big school. We had the motto of anyone, anytime, anywhere. Uh, and then we had a coach leave. We brought in one of those super old, experienced SEC coaches who was supposed to continue. Uh, he basically destroyed our program. We went from having all those seasons of winning to where we had a losing season where we did not win a game. Sounds familiar. And then the next season, uh, Todd Munkin came in after we fired him and was able to win us our first game in almost, I want to say we lost 20 in a row. Again, does that sound familiar to anybody before Todd Munkin helped us win our first game? And within three years, Todd Munkin not only had us 
back on a winning track, but he had us uh, competing for a conference championship and back into a bowl game. And it looked as if we were expecting him to stick around, but obviously he had ties with Dirk Cutter, uh, who got the job in Tampa Bay. So he ended up going and helping Dirk out for a few seasons. Now, during his time in Tampa Bay, he helped transform that offense into one of the best, at least passing attacks in the league. Even this past season, it was the number one passing offense in the league. Uh, Rushing-wise, they were 29th, but there's more than one reason for that. Obviously, I don't think that they had a very good running game to begin with. Uh, I can't even tell you who their starting running back was. And the fact that they also played from behind a lot because that defense wasn't that great either. Even with that said, they still had the third overall offense as far as yardage goes. And again, that's with Jameis Winston and Fitzmagic as your quarterbacks. So he, I've, I've seen it firsthand at Southern Miss to where I know that what kind of offense he can put out. And then obviously you see that it can translate to the NFL into a good offense with players, honestly, in my opinion, that aren't to the level of what the Cleveland Browns have on offense. The Browns have a better offensive line than Tampa Bay. Browns have a better quarterback than Tampa Bay. The Browns have a better running back than Tampa Bay. Um, the Where it gets a little iffy would be wide receivers. Uh, we do have Jarvis Landry. We have Rashad Higgins. Callaway, we have some young guys. They have Mike Evans and Deshaun Watt, or Deshaun Jackson. So, you know, that's probably where you'd give a push, if not a little bit of an advantage to Tampa Bay. But regardless of that, everything else, advantage Cleveland. So if he can put those numbers up in Tampa, I see no reason why he couldn't help Freddie Kitchens put up similar numbers here in Cleveland. Plus, he has experience turning a program around from a winless team to becoming that winning culture that the fans expected. Obviously, it's a lot much higher stakes here in Cleveland, especially since we already seem to have turned that corner and now we're heading in the right direction and there's tons of expectations going into next season where it's pretty much playoffs or bust. Uh, I've already heard a lot of people say that anything 8-8 eight and eight would be a disappointment. Uh, anything less than a division title and a playoff appearance seems like it would be a disappointment to the fans, which is great. It's great to have those expectations. Um, so it is slightly different scenario, but he has experience with this in the past. And he's a no-nonsense guy. He's going to get the most out of his players. I think he'll mesh up very well with Freddie Kitchens. Um, so I'm excited to see if it does happen. I hope it does. My fingers are crossed, but we'll see. I've seen reports that he's also... Uh, has the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars interested in him. Um, call me biased. Again, I'm not going to hide it. It's the totally biased Browns podcast, but the Browns are a better looking team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, than both of those teams. So, I, you know, if I was Todd Munkin, I would see the Cleveland job, and I would think, ooh, I really want this, but you never know. Um, I hope it works out, but we'll just have to see where it goes from here. Now to wrap up, I do want to switch gears. And instead of talking just Cleveland, I want to talk the whole NFL as far as this year's 
head coaching search cycle. Um, it's been very weird. I feel like a lot of teams are stretching to try to find that next magic lightning in a bottle type guy like uh, Sean McVay was for the Rams. And I don't fault him for that, but some of these names are pretty questionable. Um, the biggest one I have an issue with is the Cardinals going with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, obviously he was the head coach down at Texas tech. Uh, he coached Baker Mayfield. He coached Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but even with those quarterbacks, he had a losing record. And this is also the guy, which is interesting enough, and a lot of people have already pointed this out, that wouldn't give Baker Mayfield a scholarship after Baker Mayfield went 5-0 and as a true freshman starter for him and got hurt. I think it was an MCL sprain. Baker said he basically ignored him after his injury, so that's why he left. He walked on to uh, Oklahoma. So... Cardinals, I hope that you're prepared for the Hugh Jackson treatment when you face the Browns next season, because I can just about guarantee you Baker Mayfield still has a bone to pick with Cliff Kingsbury. So you have fun with your losing record college head coach and your dysfunction that's already arising because reports are trying to, well, okay, it's not technical reports. It's another side note. I'm tired of the media. Okay, uh, yeah, it's dysfunction already for the Cardinals because this is already going to be thrown out there. But Adam Schefter has went on TV and said that the Cardinals might be interested in drafting Kyle Murray number one and trading Rosen, their first round draft pick from last year, if Murray decides that he's actually going to come out in the NFL draft this year. No facts behind it. Pure speculation, but he's going to put a report like that out there, and people are going to run with it. Now, you've got the Cardinals organization with a young quarterback who struggled mightily this year because the team was just garbage. A new head coach who, can I trust this guy yet? And now you've already got a report 24 hours after the guy was hired that they're looking to trade away their first-round draft pick and hire a, uh, and draft a guy number one that hasn't even been uh, proclaimed eligible for the draft yet. We're still waiting to see if he's going to stick with baseball or come with football. But yet that report's already out there, thanks to Adam. So congratulations, Cardinals. You've, uh, you've got yourself in an old rounds situation already with your new head coach. The Packers went with Mike LaFleur. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. He was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. He was a name that I thought would get a lot more play in the uh, head coaching search early in the season, but the Titans' offense was really up and down the entire season. Um, according to the Packers, he was the only one, one that blew them away during the interviewing process, and that included the likes of one Josh McDaniels. So I don't know what that says about their, their candidates, but there you go. So now they're going with a guy that was under... Sean McVay, and under Kyle Shanahan. So he's been taught by some pretty good offensive minds, but it's yet to see if he can actually do it himself because this was his first year as a play caller with the Titans, and it was up and down. And now you're giving him uh, head coaching 
responsibilities on top of that. Um, Bruce Arians and the Bucks. Bruce is like a man scorn. Uh, he politicked for the Browns job on television almost every week after Hugh Jackson was let go. He claimed that it was the only job that he would come out of retirement for, but yet when the Browns didn't come crawling to him, he runs off to Jameis Winston and the Bucks. Yeah, I know you're a good coach, Bruce, but hooking up your wagon to Jameis Winston is going to be a mistake for you, and I apologize. Now, Todd Bowles, that defense is going to be a lot better. And it's possible they could make a wild card run, but that team will never be a championship caliber team, in my opinion. Uh, the Broncos went from one defensive head coach to another when they hired uh, Vangio, the defensive coordinator from the Chicago Bears. Now, I think that defense is definitely going to step its game up. Is it going to be good enough to compete with the likes of Phillip Rivers and Patrick Mahomes in that division? I don't know. I have questions about Gary Kubiak as well. The names themselves sound really good, and at first I was actually high on this pairing, but the more I thought about it, the more questions I, I had arise in my head. Um, Gary Kubiak's been out of the league for a little bit. I know he's been working as a special assistant, and obviously this was the plan all along because they blocked him from uh, offensive coordinator interviews with other teams, but it'll be interesting to see. You just had one defensive coach that couldn't win you a ball game. Now you've got another defensive head coach, and you're bringing in a offensive coordinator that's been out of the league for a little bit. We saw, we've seen how well that worked with John Gruden. So, you know, I have questions about that one as well. Another questionable one is the freaking Jets with Adam Gates. What the heck are you guys thinking? This coach just got ran out of town by his own team. He had players going to the owner saying that hey, if you don't get rid of this guy in the offseason, I'm not coming back. Have you seen some of the temper tantrums he's thrown during his media sessions? And that's with Miami media. The New York media is going to eat him alive. And this is who you want coaching your young quarterback? Who, in my opinion, Sam Darnold is going to be a decent quarterback. I look forward to him and Baker playing in the future for the next eight years or so. But you're going to pair him with Adam Gase and possibly ruin his career right now? Goodness gracious. So when you look at that, yeah, people have questions about Freddie Kitchens. But at least we've seen what Freddie Kitchens can do with these players. Sure, there's a big step up from running backs coach to offensive coordinator and then even the head coach. There's going to be a lot of things that Kitchen's probably never thought of that he's going to have to worry about now. But that's why you go out and you get yourself a Vance Joseph or a Chuck Pagano as a defensive coach, somebody that's been through it for a little bit, to help him out with that. And then if you can get a guy like a Todd Munkin to help him with the offense, then all, all of a sudden the responsibility is not solely on him. He has help, and then he can yeah, still focus on the offense, but he doesn't have to worry about the defense with a good defensive mind over there. And then he has somebody like Todd Munkin to help him with the offense to alleviate the load for him, so where he can still manage the whole team. So right now, I would say the Browns might have done the best job hiring a head coach for the 2019 season. And screw what Colin Cowherd says. We need to just ignore that little prick. Colin Cowherd rubs me entirely the wrong way. 
but we won't even get into that. But with that said, Browns fans, that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you're as excited as I am. Uh, I look forward to seeing who we actually get as an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator and watch Freddie Kitchens really fill out the rest of the staff. I look forward to finally getting into free agency and seeing who the Browns can pull in uh, to add a little bit of depth to this team, start to shape out what we can expect from the draft as well. Um, I do plan on going a little bit and doing some research as far as who will be available in free agency. Start looking at the draft, maybe start putting some mocks together once the Super Bowl is over, maybe even doing a little bit of a review of the positions that the Browns have currently and how they did in 2018 and kind of see where we can improve and just have some fun this offseason. It'll be nice for a change to have expectations, some excitement. I know a lot of Browns fans I've seen on Twitter already are already clamoring uh, for the 2019 season to start. So this offseason is bound to be one of the most fun offseasons that we've had since the team's comeback in 1999. So just sit back and enjoy the ride, guys. Don't freak out over everything. Let's have some fun with this and get ready for the 2019 season. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh.